Welcome to Horn Pod, a ska podcast. I'm JJ Loy, and I'm joined by Matthew Wixon. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Horn Pod. We're joined by a special guest. Uh, he's uh, the singer, former singer of the Fad. Don't forget, former forthright. He has a solo record out called Going Gray. Is that right? Is it Going Gray? Yes, Going Gray. Oh my God! Why did I, I'm like, wait, was it Gone Gray? No. No. At the, at this point, I I have Gone Gray. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I made the record. I was going right. Uh, previous guest multiple times, but never in our face. Mr. Jimmy Doyle is our guest to talk about some new, some brand new spanking hot music. Welcome to the show, Jimmy Doyle. It's sticky summer reggae. <laughs> so first of all, have you guys even, have you met before? The two of you? We have not. I don't think so. Oh, wait, I guess not. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I've just listened to so much of your audio for the show. <laughs> I just assumed you were a guest <laughs> on here. But no, yeah, you, you just submitted things, right? right? Yeah, we've never yeah. actually had you. Ha- we've never actually had you like in person. <laughs> we've only I, had you phone in some stuff that we heard later. I finally made it. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I want to thank you again for doing the intro. Uh, I mean, I know you didn't know you were doing the intro, but it, it just fits so perfect. Uh, we had to make it the intro for, for the Gross Point Blank episode. Yeah, I was very excited to listen to that, like yeah. <laughs> just to listen to it. And then I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, you got you got feature feature placement. I, well, I, I recorded that on the John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if we had had you on the gross point episode, uh, you would have voted for it to be Scott Cannon. huh? One thousand percent. That's where we fucked up. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think it was better to have someone else like from Michigan to kind of give yeah. local perspective of it. Yeah. But I've known you for a very long time, Matt. We have known each other for a very long time. That is true. I uh I once had dinner at your house on Easter. Yeah, it's almost it's almost Easter's. My uh so the that really quickly that story was we were on tour. My band the Fed was on tour with Stuck Lucky. It was Easter and Matt's family was like, well you can have the band with less members come to Easter dinner. <laughs> Just like sat in the van. The, the the smallest band is allowed to come. Yeah, we were allowed to come, but they weren't. Yeah. And uh, for I try to wish uh, a happy Easter's to Matt every year. And I apologize to Stuck Lucky. I've apologized to Jonesy so many times. He's like, "Fucking stop <laughs> apologizing to me." It's it's so so long ago. Like, imagine being your parents. <laughs> yeah. But, we're, I mean, just in general, imagine being my parents. I know, but like in that situation, we're older now that it's like, absolutely not. I'm not de- bringing these degenerates from no. New York to my house. Hell, hell no. Old, okay? Hell no. My parents are saints for that shit, man. They put up with so much. Yeah, so we don't have an official Horn Pod episode here. There won't be a a proper ska cannon segment or any any music underneath our voices or anything fun like that. We just wanted to hop on a call real quick uh, and get our initial reactions to this new Bad Optics project. Well, I guess first off, should we not be calling them Bad Optics? What? What happened? Yeah, so we had some breaking news right before we started taping this. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's already it's already very confusing. So whatever we're talking about right now is probably outdated by the time you hear this. I don't know. Um we we wanted to convene a little just like 
uh, some hot takes, some quick reactions to uh, this new song Raid by uh, Tim Armstrong and Jesse Michaels, formerly of Operation Ivy. Uh, when the song came out, it was released by a band called Bad Optics with an X. But it seems like they might have uh, already renamed their oh. band as of like this afternoon to Doom Regulator. Dude, I was I was just on their YouTube page listening to Bad Optics on the Bad Optics channel. Now, if you go to their web page and hover over the YouTube button, it is straight up Doom Regulator. What the fuck? All right, so like they're actively changing while we're talking about them, they're actively changing their name. Um, I just want to say I think it's because of my joke in Horn Pub. Uh, <laughs> you're responsible. <laughs> I think my joke about Bad Optics is named after what Jesse Michael's friends all said when he was thinking about starting another band with Tim Armstrong. Honestly, That's what would make them change it all of a sudden? I don't I know. Think, I think that they probably like um It has to be reaction, right? I think it was reaction on the internet that somebody was following along on Twitter or whatever and watching all these people getting pissed off about the the closeness to bad operation or I mean maybe Was there they, was there like blowback about did people actually give them flack for that? I mean I don't know if it's I'm very them. dis I'm very disconnected from drama on Twitter, <laughs> including Scott Twitter. Well, that's the thing. Scott Twitter, like it's it's immediate, it's an immediate reaction, and it's like unhinged in one way or another. It's like <laughs> for me, I was like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen. Jesus has come back. Jesus <laughs> is back with uh, his apostle Tim, and it's right. the greatest song ever written. And it's <laughs> and, but the other side of it was just like, oh, these guys are old. We they're just cashing in on this. There's you know, Tim being involved at all because of like what your joke, um, just people are savage on there. And I think that maybe they were like, well, let's, let's just call it doom regulator or whatever the second choice of the further name was. I don't know it, but I definitely think it was a react. Why do you think now? Like, why now do you think it's because bad time is kind of popping off and sky's profitable again? In some areas, I feel like if they were really wanting to cash in, a full Op Ivy reunion is what would do it, right? Like, this is, I don't oh, know. For sure. You kind of have to be I, in the know. I, it's I not like know. they're just banking on everybody knowing who they are, you know? I know, but like, it's quick, but it's quick, easy money for who they are. Like, sure. It, yeah. This is the easiest money Jesse Michaels has made in 40 years. Yeah. You know, true. like, yeah, well, they, it's it, it. Scott is kind of having a, a moment, not its moment. Like it's the greatest thing that ever happened to Scott music in the history of it. Like there's yeah. definitely something going on right now, for sure. But they've been writing songs together for years at this point. Like "Living in a Dangerous Land" was all, part of that Tim Time Bomb series that he did with mostly the the Interrupters, like as the backing mm -hmm. band on it. So it's not like they haven't done ska songs together since the 80s. This is just right. more of a focused project that's like, okay, we're going to do an album of this now, not just a one-off and, you know, that he did a song a day for a year. Is that what it was? The 10 yeah. Times on Project? I don't know about a year, but yeah, they were really cranking them out. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure how exactly productive he was, but it was a lot of music in a, a short amount of time. A lot of them are gone too. Like I'm, I think it might have been like one song a week or one song a day for a year, and then which made like when they started to go away, I was like, oh, this is kind of like they might be giants. They do the the uh, dial a song. song, and when people would hang up early, they'd be like, okay, we can scrap that part. And then when they would listen to the whole thing, maybe leave a message afterwards, they'd be like, okay, this is something that we're going to put into a song. So okay. uh, anyway, they, this isn't, I don't think this is a cash in moment. I think they finally have it together with the two of them writing songs and they got a rhythm section that they're happy with. And yes, it, it would be easier money if it was just a straight up operation every reunion even without Dave Mello, which seemed like the most likely situation if they were to do that. Yeah. Um, it's drummers are tough. I mean, know, honestly, what if they just didn't want to do an op Ivor reunion out of respect for the legacy? And this is their consolation. I mean, that's the vibe I always got was it wasn't that there was bad blood between the two of them. It was just that they don't want to restart op Ivy ever again, you know? I think Matt would be a big part of that. And, you know, I don't know if he necessarily wanted to just do that again. Um, it, but it could be, a, it could be a combination of these things. It could be one or the other. I think it's most likely that, yeah, they wanted to have like something fresh. And also they don't have to live up to it being Operation Ivy. They could just do this new thing that right. can be like, like imagine if the specials like the new specials records were just members of the specials releasing music as a new band instead of the specials again that's kind of yeah, what this I, is right i want that yeah well i mean the specials would even like individuals would go out using the specials name and not even well, try for a reunion like that is and same with the selector and and the english beat like so yeah there's there's been at least two i think different i think in versions a sense, of either of the any of those bands Right. Like, I think, I think in a sense, like these guys are taking the classier way out. I mean, either one of them could have started Op Ivy anytime they wanted. And, well, you know, sure. But like, <laughs> well, it's, you know, I mean, like, I no, I, I do think that this is kind of the honorable thing. Like, we're, we're not going to do Op Ivy again, but like, you know what? It'd be cool to do something like that again. And we're not going to call it Op Ivy because we don't want you to compare this to what we were doing as teenagers. And we don't want to have to live up to shit that you've been listening to on repeat for decades. You know, well, like, unfortunately, they have to now be like, well, we're a new band. And they have to deal with the uh, the backlash of just like, well, there are other new bands that have been working for not that long that you should be giving your attention to and not oh my God. give I mean, all this attention on the first day. It's dumb. I think it's a dumb. It, is, that, is that what Scott Twitter is saying? Like, it's not it. a good argument. <laughs> like we shouldn't they shouldn't be getting these these inches of column like all of this coverage should be going to eichler's or whatever like that come on <laughs> well that was that oh uh, you know there what about bad operation you're ripping off bad operation who I, I don't you know i haven't asked greg where the name came from but it seems likely of like a mash of bad brains and operation ivy that's yes <laughs> there's yeah there's no way that the operation ivy wasn't considered as when you were naming your band bad operation right like there's you can't possibly yeah which i thought calling it bad optics was like oh also the first time i saw it i thought it was like op tickets like 
Operation Ivy reunion mm-hmm. tickets. And I clicked. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a new band. This drummer's fucking awesome. Like, that is a solid, solid drummer. And Trash Talker were great band. I was like, oh, this is going to be so heavy. This is going to be so cool. And I played it. <laughs> and, and it, it sounds aggro Yeah. It sounds like, <laughs> a, like the, the sonically, it sounds like a poet's life. Yeah. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like that um, but you have, which was Tim Armstrong's side project, solo record with the acrylates. Yes. Yes. And then you have Jesse on top of it with his delivery. That's very, very unique. Mm-hmm. And I was stoked on it. I was, I, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, this is just Tim throwing Jesse on one of his trad songs. Like I like Tim's yeah. trad songs and I like Jesse. <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong with Tim's trad songs? <laughs> I yeah, I like punk trad as a thing, and I don't think it's overdone at all. Like, I think it's one of the you know least seen combinations out there. You know, I think yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a pretty solid lane, and I think Tim does it well. And to to the the defense of the people kind of giving you shit or whatever, like the critics, I kind of agree that this does sound like one of uh, Tim's solo records with Jesse on it. But the idea that they're going to be doing a bunch of different styles of music has me very excited. That's what I'm excited about. Not that they're going to be the only lane, not that they're going to be doing a bunch of this, but they're also going to be doing punk and whatever else. Like it sounds like they're going to be doing in my mind. What I told JJ uh, a few days ago was like, what if they're just, taking all the parts all the stuff that they were doing in op ivy and just like playing the modern versions of it because like a song like um bad town maybe like some of the reggae songs like if they were written today tim would make them sound like a post agrolites reggae sound right and like what if they're what if what if they're like what if they're like hardcore songs are also going to be like modern hardcore songs and like that kind of shit because with these band members they can play heavy, obviously, because um, it's the dude from Trash Talk and the guy from uh, Queens of the Stone Age, the Bronx. Like, they can... I, re- I saw him play with the Bronx and Circle Jerks in the last year. That dude can play. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, um, he had a band in it. I'm, I'm losing all my punk points right now, but he had a band in uh, L.A. Um, a long time ago because, like, he's just as old as tim and jesse are which is nice that they have someone age appropriate in tim armstrong's circle (laughs) (laughs) Um, there everybody's satisfied yeah we got him check all the boxes baby um (laughs) but yeah i'm uh like i said those they can play they have the chops uh, and to be to be able to play reggae like that and know that they're capable of playing super fast super heavy it's it's I'm interested to see what's going to happen with it. I mean, do you do you think I could be on the right track? Like, could they just be doing Op Ivy, but like the modern interpretations of those sounds with this band? I mean, definitely. I want to hear more, but I mean, you're not you're not wrong so far. I I think Tim is gonna. Have... It, it sounds like something Op Ivy would do. You know? Yeah, could do today. Today, <laughs> they well, wouldn't have done like before. If, if they, but had... they would do today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an evolution, I guess. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. The two of them have come so far and there's a lot more to talk about like with Tim and his evolution in music because it's it is 
gradual and he's kind of hitting a sweet spot that I'm happy that now is the time that this is happening. Cause I, so I listened yesterday, I listened to the, the first rancid uh, self-titled to the 2000 self-titled. And there's, there's a lot that happens there. Um, the uh-huh. <laughs> there's a lot going on here, especially if you include that 2000 record. Like uh, it goes a couple extra steps, right? Yeah, that's that's my favorite one because it's kind of in like all the songs are in a similar key, and there's like no stops between the song. It's it's their decline, um, <laughs> but it's not intended to be one, one long song. Like there's a lot of different subject matters in it, but sonically it's like just one journey. It's a band that just won't stop playing. They're not going to ask you how you're doing uh, and that there's merch in the back. They're just going to keep playing. Um, and I really, that's what I really liked about that record. Like you, uh, because outcome the wolves is pop songs and mm-hmm. they have to get there through those first two records to write to really like know how their what their sound is and what's yeah. what they're really good at. And it's really showcased on there. Um, uh, Life Won't Wait is an experimentation. That's the first one that they produce themselves. Um, they're more specials. Yeah, I've I read an article that did a a, uh, a, a com- uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> it was a uh, they made an argument that those everything up to Life Won't Wait followed the Clash, like. Each of those records are each of those records for the Clash. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that London Calling is is their outcome London the Calling is, is Outcome the Wolves, and it's pretty spot on there. Um, because Let's Go is great, and there are good songs on it, and it's the first one that like they really the sound gets there. It's the first one that's like really done in a nice studio, whereas the first one you can tell that it's a little bit more lo-fi and you know rough around the edges um Uh and let's go is like polished to a point where you that's not what it's going to sound like live and london calling was you know london calling they went with a a different producer on that one i don't know if i'm getting my facts right here but i couldn't tell you um, they they, it's definitely a different um producer than giving them give them enough rope Mm-hmm. And he got everything out of them. Like he got exactly what he needed for that record, and it it sounds great. May oh maybe London Calling is the one that's without Bernie Rhodes. Like Bernie Rhodes wasn't calling the shot in London Calling. It was really the producer's okay. show. Um, but anyway, getting back to Fancied, Outcome of the Wolves is great. Uh, but there's a journey there, and instead of going in that um. Uh, like doing a a pop record for the sake of doing a pop record on the next one, they just made a hardcore record. Like I've seen <laughs> right. so many punk bands that sound like that, and they were like, "Yeah, we're just we're gonna do this." Like I know that they ha- they have a big affinity for New York hardcore because they toured a lot with Sick of It All in their early years, um, but they don't they're not like a hardcore band. Yeah, it felt like. Um... I've always thought that something happened uh, right before and out come the wolves because where, where did this pop 
I don't know, uh, genius come from? Like the the you know, the first two albums, it's like yeah, there's hooks, but like it's not it's not nearly as hooky as um as Outcome the Wolves, right? Like that's just it's just like pure. Every song could be a single, you know. And then he goes on from there to make this career of being really good at making records sound kind of like Outcome the Wolves, and yeah. formulating really really hooky pop punk stuff. Um, yeah. And the 2000 record just seemed like, uh, Oh, let's go against our, our latest instincts. Sky's dead. Um, let's, let's, yeah, let's just fuck around with some other stuff that we like and just threw out the pop completely. Um, well, I do know that that's kind of his game, you know, his whole bread and butter. Yeah. I, I do know that the songs on outcome, the wolves were written by Tim and, uh, Lars while touring for let's go okay whereas let's, let's go i think was just like tim wrote a record matt had some songs on it lars was the new guy and not really contributing all that much he was just kind of going along i think as that rapport grew with the two of them on tour that um you know that they, they they figured out the formula along the way mm-hmm. and then in the studio of course like there's a lot of additions to it to just make it sound polished and really really great and i i think that you know working out the hooks between the two of them having having someone to bounce ideas off of uh in with tim pitching to lars or the other way around was different than like yeah. most artists that one person writes everything and is like okay here's the song here's how it goes here are the lyrics now you play it and i'll criticize you i think that it was more creative mm-hmm. and they were able to like get the the gold out of that record and yeah like you said uh rents in 2000 it was not a good time for ska and they just they threw it all out and they did something that was it's cohesive it's yeah. not it doesn't bounce all over the place which i'll come the wolves doesn't really do that because it's a lot of pop that's on there yeah um yeah life won't wait it definitely bounces around yeah life won't wait bounces around a lot <laughs> and I have a feeling that's what we're in for with Bad Opt. I mean, Doom Regulator. <laughs> <laughs> Doom uh, Regulator. Doom Regulator. Yeah. So this song has kind of come with a promise. Yeah, we're gonna be putting out more tunes. It's a full band. We're we're gonna do a thing, and the styles are all gonna get changed up. So um there it's not just gonna be one lane. So I'm real I'm real curious. What all are we gonna hear? You know, is it I uh, well is it going to be basementy? Is it going to be polished? I think it's going to be. I think the punk stuff is going to be really abrasive. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a chugga hardcore record. I think it's going to be closer to thrash. Yeah, with, yeah, for sure. I don't think it's going to be like breakdown music or anything. I mean, you might have it. Uh, there might be a little. It, it won't be like halftime breakdown. Yeah. For the entire song you, you can get some two-step though in there for sure oh i hope so I, <laughs> there is, there's so much promise to this project and it's like i can, to, I can only speak a little bit of hardcore but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um well i know i mean well, i think it would be so great if some of like some of the punk shit ends up sounding like 89 hardcore <laughs> like it just sounds like they sounded in 89 i think that would be really cool be like, up, off. like up ivy you're saying yeah 
Yeah, I mean they they were they liked hardcore. Like from there from were anything... some there were some songs in Op Ivy's catalog that were absolutely hardcore songs. Oh yeah. yeah. And the scene that they were a part of was predominantly hardcore and like right. thrash for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of love there. I, um, I don't know. Have either of you listened to uh, Jesse Michaels like thrash podcast thing? It's not a real podcast. It's like four YouTube videos. No, neither of you have ever heard this. No, no, I didn't even know about it. Oh my goodness! Does he uh, is he just talking about like thrash metal? He, he's being an asshole on purpose <laughs> for, the, for the purpose of comedy but he Ooh, okay such a deadpan delivery like yeah, yeah you know like it doesn't it sounds like he's being genuine it sounds like he's being genuinely <laughs> an asshole. it's it's very very what are the winks <laughs> that make you sure that he's not um yeah what if I, he's just an asshole <laughs> i i've I I know that that's a, I know that these things that I'm talking about are a joke, yeah. Um, but I asked the Hard Girls guys about it, um, and Jesse obviously started a band with those guys. Um, Hard for, Girls were his backing band for uh, Classics of Love. Yes, Classics of Love, which is wait, I thought that was Screeching Weagle. Oh no, oh I'm sorry, that's the other band. Sorry, right? Yeah, I was thinking Common Writer. I'm ready to to dig deep into that side of this conversation. <laughs> I love Common Writer. Yeah. I knew we were going to, you know, there's a lot more to talk about about Rancid, but, you know, it's it can turn into a conversation about Rancid rather than like what Doom Regulator is or Bad Up. <laughs> I don't know. It's we so should always new. say their name as if it's being edited in from another source. Doom Regulator. <laughs> Doom <Yeah>. Optics. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Doom Optics. Doom Optics Fuck. is a dope band name. Dude, what the fuck are they it's doing? The next it'll, it'll be the new name in a week. <laughs> give give them a week, yeah. I th- uh, yeah, I think it's a week. I think a week ago today is because what's today? No, today's Monday. It was last Wednesday, so it's now this Monday. Was, this was really a very big day for you, wasn't it? This the release of this. Oh, song. oh yeah. You were it's you awesome. were in yeah. the you were in the the horn pub group threatening to ban anybody with a negative take on the song. <laughs> That's right. <Yep. laughs> That's right. I was I was I was waiting. And honestly, I respect that. that. I respect that. <laughs> that first day, nobody really had anything bad to say, and then the next day, everyone started digesting it and be like, you know, I don't know if I like this. It's kind of weak. It's like, yeah, it's the first thing that came out. Obviously, like they're doing a rollout. <laughs> There's more to come. They're not it, whatever no, you. You know what? You know what though? It's pretty heavy reggae though. I mean, it's not weak. You you yeah. sound like you're just admitting now that this is a weak song, but it's fine. And I don't, I don't, I don't like you I don't, in this mode. I don't think it's a weak song. I think that the <laughs> come out is going to be even better, and the next one is go, it has to be a punk song. They're out of right? their mind put out another song that sounds like that as much as i would love that um it's so it's kind of like when bad brains put out uh build a nation it was the first record they had done in a very long time it's it's, i think since the one um from the late 90s god is love is that what that one was called was build a nation in like the mid aughts yes 
Uh, but it was like it was the first new Bad Brains record in forever, and it, it was mostly reggae and all the hardcore yeah. kids that I knew from Long Island that we would talk about it. People were like it's just a reggae record. I was like, I like reggae. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine though. <laughs> you don't. You wish there was more like metally stuff on it. Like, yeah, I get that. They're good, but like, they're never gonna rewrite Eye Against Eye. They did that record, trying yeah. to rehash anything. Is always a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah, I I really can't think of a band that did two records that sound almost the same, and people equally love both of them. Can I mean, can you guys? Yeah. I don't think people. I don't think bands even want to try. I think it's such a natural instinct to to do something different. You know, there are definitely like. Like the Planet Smashers have a lot of albums that like you can put two of them side by side and say they didn't evolve much between the two of them. <laughs> but like I, I I can't see a band going back to do an old kind of record now. Like that doesn't really happen. Yeah, I mean, No Effects has put out a lot out of the same record, but I think that's more like they figured out their sound. Uh hmm. I mean, even though effects get restless, like they've really broadened the scope of like they've always been kind of diverse, but they've broadened it even from like where they were at. Yeah. They have a core sound too, though. There is, yeah, there's definitely a core sound. And I mean, like almost every Bad Religion album until like the early 2000s sounded the exact same. Like, hmm. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of people want Bad Religion to sound like Bad Religion used to sound. And like a lot of people wanted the specials to sound like the specials used to sound. So I want to hear that Roger Rivers record so badly. It's never oh going to happen. God. Wait, that would have been wonderful. They were working on a record with uh, Roger Rivers was supposed to produce it. and uh, Oh, Jeff. the specials, right? Terry. At the time when Terry passed. Yeah. yeah. Terry, uh, had written some lyrics and I think some general structures for songs um but that was the plan which uh, sadly we'll never hear and i mean maybe they'll do it but terry's not going to be on it they could theoretically just right. songs. it almost wouldn't be cool to do it yeah it'd be interesting if they had like gwen stefani do one of the songs <laughs> instead of terry like something like that like is that what you want, Matt? I mean, not maybe not not her specifically. Oh, you really want? No, no, it's not. You know how they had. You know how Nirvana had Paul McCartney. Oh God! Kind of sing sing some songs with them. So what you what you want is so Gwen Stefani is the Lord, and that's <laughs> sure. That's what it was. It was uh, no, it wasn't. That was a new thing. That wasn't. They weren't calling that Nirvana when they did the Nirvana. No, no, it was like a, it was like a one-off, like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of related gig. I think. I think it was the Grammys. I can't believe we're talking about Nirvana right now. <laughs> mm, all right, go ahead. <laughs> we'll change the anyway, subject. <laughs> so that's so off the path. Um, Common Rider. And I, I saw a Common, I saw Common Rider live <laughs> once. Did either of you see Common Rider live? Real? No. No, I didn't even get that record till yeah, he'd already moved on. Yeah. They played uh in in Long Island on uh, uh sorry, on Long Island. I'll be excommunicated by my people. They played on Long Island on Halloween, I wanna say two thousand. Uh wait, I have this record 
Um, if this is, it's got to be a, is it a bootleg live. No, this I just have the I have a bunch of records here, so I could pull out liner notes if I want to fact check myself and not Google it. But this ah. is my my nice marble pressing of this is Unity Music. Um, here it is. This is 2002, so it was probably Halloween 2001. Is what right. I'm guessing, or maybe it's 2002. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Who are they playing with? Do you know? Who do they play with? Yeah. Uh, they, it was the Strider, who I don't think was, they, uh, they were on the, they were on the Plea for Peace tour, but they did a one-off. I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 2002, because I think that's when they were doing. 2002 is when I saw them on the Plea for Peace tour. Yeah. If that helps. Yeah. (laughs) Halloween 2002, they played a place, uh, called Backstreet Blues. And it was a basement on Long Island. And I was, everybody was super stoked. But it was them, the Strider, and a local band. I can't remember the name. But I know that Chris uh, from the band Chimichanga was in that band. I don't remember his band after that. So when they came through Michigan on the Plea for Peace tour, they were on tour with... Thursday, right? No. So it was the Bouncing Souls, Anti-Flag, the International Noise Conspiracy, and the Lawrence Arms, which is an insanely good lineup. Yeah. And they, I, I think that they kind of went under the radar on that tour. I think the band as a whole went under the I mean, radar. Yeah, they, were, they were the opening band. But like me knowing Op Ivy, like this, I'm wearing for the people at home. I'm wearing an Op Ivy hoodie that I've had since uh, probably high school. So probably since like 2000. Um, (laughs) uh, I might have worn this when I saw Kamen Rider for all I know, because like I went there, like. I was okay on anti-flag, never was into the Bouncing Souls. I honestly left, didn't even watch the Bouncing Souls that night. Um, Mm. It was really it was really cool in retrospect to have seen the international noise conspiracy, which is former members of refused. Um, having oh, now seen, okay. Re- I've seen refused at riot fest. They're one of the best live bands I've ever fucking seen. And I still don't Dude, understand their music. I still don't understand their music, but they're such a good live band. And, uh, the international noise conspiracy was such a good live band too. Um, but yeah, like I, like I went there like, Kind of mostly stoked that I was going to see Jesse Michaels, the dude from Operation Ivy. And he was just yeah. like, I was like, dude, this is like the punkest dude. Like I didn't in 2002, internet was nothing at that point. You yep. know, I'm like, this is the fucking dude from Op Ivy. He's so it's going to be. And like the guy has like a button down shirt and just jeans. Like he looks like a normal guy at work. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. He's not even a punk. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't see the plea for peace tour that they were on. Yeah, so I'm I have a different memory of that night because sure. it, it was all oh, about sure. them. They were I'm, oh yeah for sure. They got to play for way longer, but oh, everyone yeah, in the yeah. room, everyone in that room was like what you were describing. Like everyone was like, we're gonna see the guy from Mob Ivy. This is gonna be incredible, and it is one of those like nights that. You know, I see people now that were at that show and like, we'll still talk about that show. Like, oh, can you yeah. believe we got to see this? 
But my takeaway from it was like, wow, this dude has some weird dance moves. He's got a very strange stage presence. He does have an awkward stage presence. That's for sure. <laughs> like, like I don't, I have, I have no recollection of what songs he played. Again, this was like, this was almost, this was almost 21 years ago that I saw this, this band. Um, I have no recollection of what their set list was. I don't have any recollection of how they sounded. I know what he looked like, and I know how he moved on stage. <laughs> Uh, somebody did uh, videotape the show that I went to. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Uh, but there's like, there's a, I don't know if it's the full set or if it's like the beginning of it or something. But I do re- remember it really well. It was very, very heavy of this is Unity Music because it had just come out. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at the time working at a record store and we got an advanced copy from Hopeless. Um, so I, and I have that CD somewhere. It's different. It's different artwork. It's this, it's from that same photo series of the baby, but it's like a different picture of the baby on the cover of it. Um, and I was just so stoked when that record finally came out because I had like a month of listening to that album over and over and over again before that show happened. So a lot of people that were there, like they wanted to hear stuff uh, from Last Wave Rockers more so than these new songs, but it was very heavy on the new album because it just right. come out. That's what right. we do go on tour. Um, Absolutely. and I, I, I prefer that second record to the first one. Um, I think I do too. Sounds hmm. No way. I love like the first one. I don't, di- I don't dislike the first record, but I think the second yeah. one is very complex. Like I'll give it another like, listen. Cause I, I really don't listen to it very often. What, what, how would you describe what they do? Because it's not just, it's not punk really. It's not, like, it's not ska punk. But it's not neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> We're stumped. <laughs> I am pretty stumped to describe it. It's just it's common rider. Like um the first common rider record is very stripped down. Um right, right. They might have doubled the guitars, but they would only have done it just to like just to double yeah, the guitars. Sp- it sounds like a sound. Yes, it's very sparse it's not meaty that's that's what i would say yeah. about community music is there's like you could something you can sink your teeth into it's more of a fuller sound yeah, uh, it's got it's got like wild ass harmonies on like firewall there's like four or five part harmonies going on with like complicated jazz chords uh it's like oh. punchy it, there's a lot going on on uh this unity music all right i'll give it more of a listen i know when i yeah. can beat it's it's more of a full sound. Um, from what I understand, like people joked around with me about it. It's like oh, it sounds like three eleven, and I think that was kind of the the plan. Uh, uh, yeah, because I think that's what he wanted. I don't know if that's what he wanted, or maybe um, his producer wanted to like make it more of a full sound. I don't know whose decision it was, but it definitely it has a more palatable sound than last wave rockers does last wave rockers just sounds like jesse wrote some songs on an acoustic guitar and then they just he was just th- jamming on them with a drummer and yeah 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 they plugged it in yeah and there's they, really so at either of these at either of these common writer shows did they play even a whiff of operation ivy stuff i don't think no, so they didn't play that i saw classics of love play 
the crowd i think was the the song that they covered that's jesse's second band after common Rider, or third band after op ivy i guess is the better way to say that right yes okay um also if you guys haven't heard it this record the am i on my own comp uh not comp uh it's common Rider. am i on my own seven inch that came out in between those two records this is a really this is a really cool record it's on spotify um uh, it's got the songs "Am I on My Own," "Insurgents," "What the Heart Looks Like When It's Hot," and "Thief in a Sleeping Town." Uh, just a quick jammer. Uh, really, really okay. cool stuff. Um, but Billy Joe plays guitar and sings on this one as well. Fuck yeah! Um, it's not the. I don't think. It, yeah, it's not all Billy Joe on guitar. Maybe it is, but uh, Billy Joe did record it. So this was just like four songs that they did together. Um, that's, and you know, Tim Armstrong and Billy Joe Armstrong also had a short lived project, the Armstrongs together. Uh, and it seems likely that Billy Joe Armstrong should be involved with what are we calling this band today? Doom. They, no, they announced that today, right? That Billy yes, Joel, yeah, Billy, Joe, Billy Joel, I, Joel, Billy Joe. <laughs> it's, it's announced. I don't know if that's a real announcement. No, that's not a real website. It's it the, seems, oh, we're in a post April Fool's Day thing, aren't we? But yeah, but that, the, that wasn't posted on April Fool's Day. I think it's just nonsense. The website, okay. The, the name of the website, the acronym is AI, which I think that's what it was. I think someone had like oh. an press someone, release about. Oh, somebody's doing the yeah. somebody's doing pug news, but it's like made up. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> With no great. great. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's no it. Joke. That said, I have absolutely no doubts that Billy Joe Armstrong will be involved with this band at some point. No doubt. I mean, I know he would want to, right? What's the name of the band? Doom. Doom Doom Regulator. Doom Doom Regulator is not a good name. I don't know. Bad Optics is not a good name. Doom Regulator is heavy, but it is... It's not... The Regulator doesn't come after Doom. I don't know. It's going to... Doom Regulator... Raid is gonna look so weird on a sleeve of thing. thing <laughs> so weird. Doom, a song called Raid by a band called Doom Regulator, and it's like a groovy reggae song. It's a real, it's a really good song. I think it's it's very light. It's it's a light song, uh, and the the group vocals when everybody goes Raid, it just makes me think of Into Action from a postal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But what about it? It's just like it's it's poppy and light. It I keep saying it's a poppy light summer jam. Like you I mean, into this... action's way hookier, but yeah, uh, but I, I definitely can, hear the similarity. This, you can put this in like a Mountain Dew or a Taco Bell commercial, and it'll be <laughs> biggest song of the summer. So I, lyrically, what are they asking us to do? <laughs> Who are raid? we raiding? Raid! Is it the Republicans? Where? I, I Where are we raiding them? Yeah, I think I mean, know where they live, where they kill, where they bury. Well, yes, where they kill, where they bury. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure where exactly they they are gathered for us to raid, but it sure seems like we're being encouraged to raid them wherever they. Are. <laughs> yeah, it's an imperative statement. <laughs> I I I mean, I have the lyrics <laughs> open in front of me right now. It, wow. It is, yeah, what I'm <laughs> not allowed to, not allowed to reference things cool, directly. Cool brag. I didn't know we were being accurate. That's why I listened to all this rancid stuff yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, 
Mm-hmm. It was weird because I haven't listened to the self-titled or Let's Go in a very long time. And I'm like, you know what? This is actually a lot better than I remember it to be because I only listen mm-hmm. to like self-titled or Life Won't Wait. Because yeah. I'm a friggin' snob. I hear Vic go and I, I know that guy. Look, Indestructible's got some good tunes. I have my own curated, uh, rancid favorite songs CD in my car. <laughs> it's still rolling with <laughs> me. It's just the first three songs on Honor is All We Know over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all I like. And they're uh and they're no side of the no effect no effect split. <laughs> There's some of that on there though, no lie. The ran- <laughs> the rancid stuff? Which ones? Uh-huh. Oh, antennas. The no effect side of that split. <laughs> this is the I think that comp is is incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah it is. is yeah. It's so good. But I don't like the no effects songs done by Rancid. No. I love the Rancid songs done by no effects. No effects. No, oh, effect, I love it. No effects covering Rancid is so fucking good because everybody in no effects is better at their instrument than everybody in Rancid. And I'll stand by that <laughs> instrument for instrument. But Rancid songs are so much fucking better written than no effects songs. So it's best, of, it's best of both worlds. Whereas in the other yeah. end, you get a you get sloppy ass rancid takes of shitty rancid or shitty no effects songs. But that said, it's really cool to hear rancid doing bad versions of no effects songs just for the novelty. <laughs> and then the other side is like incredible versions of rancid songs. So good. Uh, I love it all. <laughs> honestly, the one that I like the least on the no effects side is Antennas because I just think that record is, is perfect. I think nobody should nobody should do anything to that record other than play it really loud. I went to California to see Hepcat uh, in February, which was awesome. Um, but like the big the big moment for me uh, was I rented a. Uh, rented a uh, Mustang convertible and I got <laughs> on the freeway at one point and was just blasting Rancid 2000 like this is the greatest time of my life <laughs> it's so much fun out there okay but uh, what do you think about Deals Gone Bad's cover of Antennas from the Rancid oh yeah I forgot album. about that yeah not so much they're selling sexism they're selling racism <laughs> Listen, anything you get your fucking hands on. I love that you moved the mic back. Yeah. <laughs> to kindness. Well, I got I had to go for it. I had to go for the Todd Hembrook. I, fucking, is, uh, I love yeah, Todd. Outcome and, of loss? Yeah. What's that? This is Outcome of Loss talking about? No, it's on whatever the official tribute album what was. was. It was on that. Oh, know. the Hooligans United Hooligans or whatever. United, yes. That's what it's that's, called. That's a fun record, too. It's not, I don't think I've not all great, but there's some good stuff. Not all great, there. but there's some good stuff. Yeah. Some of it's too spot on, which is a problem with all of those kind of like yeah. tribute albums. Some people just can't resist themselves. I really like the Roots Radicals in Spanish. Oh, from, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> Give them the boot. Boot that was. Give them the boot one. Man, we are all over the place with this. Nah, yeah. we're right on target. This, I mean, come on, we weren't we weren't really wanting to keep this structured, were we? Yeah, this is all loosey goosey, baby. Chaos. Um, 
So uh, we You're talk... just flip, flipping through LPs there, huh? Yeah, I pulled them out so I can <laughs> remind myself about what we actually talked about. Is this what you and Sean were doing? Were you flipping through LPs on your Long Island episode? No, because we pretty much went through that one compilation, and then we were freewheeling right. about Edna's and uh, the Scofflaws, which Scofflaws uh, didn't really have a lot of vinyl. Now Chuck has pressed two records all their stuff is on mm -hmm. cd um edna okay. also edna's also had just stuff on cd we're not talking long island sky <laughs> no i really did love that you guys Sorry. did that i was hoping it would kickstart other people trying other local episodes but uh so far nothing you know <laughs> they don't have the balls yeah no one's who got the are, gumption. you why don't you call somebody out who do you think should do a st louis sky um well, I know my man DJ Nuxty has been really digging deep into the history of St. Louis ska and reggae, so I think he would probably be a good play a person to um well to to start with. And he's got a bunch of uh of uh, buddy DJs he he works with uh playing at ska shows or playing out at ska shows and stuff. So um I imagine a couple of them would probably yeah, DJ Lammy, DJ Nuxty. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, get on the phone with Reggie Greggy. Come on, guys. St. Louis Scott, talk about it. Leave me out of it. Let's go, STL Scott. <laughs> God, we're so off topic here. I think DC would be a good one. Boston would be a good one. I don't know who would do those, but DC DC would be cool. There's not really I don't think there's much to it. It's really just like There's not a lot. No, not that I remember. Okay. So anyway, these two what I was gonna bring up. These are the class. These are the classics of love. Rock. Classics of love. Yes, I see them now. Um, I this, I the, did not care for that band, but honestly, I never like, got I into it. I don't think they were for me though. So like, yeah. I mean, the what do first, you? Obviously, you bought them. Is it just because you're a Jesse Michaels fan, or you actually like all of his music? Uh, I <laughs> this one, I I did buy it, um, but I gave. I think I sold the second the copy that I bought. I think I sold to um, Dan, who used to own a record store called Vinyl Paradise, and now that just exists on the internet. But Tom from Bond the Music Industry and the Fed, he got me a copy of this EP when he played with them, and he got it signed for me. Oh hell nice. yeah! Um, so yeah, this the first EP is like it's I don't know how, how to call it like post punks. Stuff. It sounds a lot closer to Hard Girls than I think it does. Um, yeah. Like style of music, with the air quotes. You said that's the backing band? The backing band is the three guys from Hard Girls. And uh, okay. so the story is Jesse was playing solo shows acoustic, and Mike Park was like, I want to set you up with these guys that are kind of local to where you are. And they clicked really well. And they did this first EP, did like a short tour. Um, but then when they got back from that tour, they really started working on the, uh, the, the full length, which is really, really good in my opinion. And way more, it's just a straight up like punk record. It's not like super thrashy, but it's, that's how I would describe the type of punk they're playing on that. And then there's just like two ska songs that are on it. And it's just kind of like, the ska, the ska stuff that's on there sounds like they were just throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks, but it stuck with me. Um, I, I actually got this record and the Dan P and the Brick 
record first one oh, i got yeah. the same package from asian man and asian I, man. Yeah, and i listened to the classics to love full length over and over and over again and i put the i was like all right i gotta listen to this bricks record too as soon as i put the needle on it it broke and i was like oh shouldn't have, not the record the needle broke yeah and i was like ah oh, i shouldn't have it like wore out the grooves on it, where it was only able to play the classic to love record. <laughs> I told Dan that at one point. I was like, "Yeah, I got the Bricks record, and the first time I played it, the needle broke because I was listening to classic to love over and over and over again. I think it like broke the needle before I put it on." It's like, "No, this is my band's terrible." <laughs> <laughs> I love that Bricks record, though. It is very, very good. Yeah, it's got a real clean sound. But yeah, this uh. I I recommend this if 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 you didn't like it I don't know if you just like listen to a couple songs and I like should give it another listen uh because like I don't know I I don't have a lot of time for stuff so like if I don't listen if I don't like something I just don't listen to it again you know and like that was something I just didn't need a lot of my uh, favorite stuff is stuff that hooks me right away but not not everything some some yeah. albums were sleepers so yeah. it's it's good to try to. Try to give stuff another try, you know? Yeah, sometimes you just need time, I think. But, I don't know. Sometimes uh, you just know. Uh, Bandstand is a good one. That's one of the Scott songs. Uh, oh, see, I didn't even know they had Scott stuff on Classics of Love. Yeah, Castle in the Sky is the other one. Hey, speaking of Mike Park, um, the track that Jesse did with um, Jeff Rosenstock and Bruce Lee Band is... A killer tune. I love that song. That's a huge. That's uh, generation. What's it called? Generation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it in my head. That is a really cool song. I talked to JT about this raid thing. He didn't comment on it publicly. Uh, you know, he has mixed. He's doing Tim Armstrong impersonations on TikTok. That was really, really good. It's so good. He's on it. Like, I mean, I've I've seen him impersonate Tim for years, but like it was really good. <laughs> yeah so uh what is that that's um so jt who used to be in the arrogant sons of bitches uh has his solo career as well um he s- was sent a video by craig a shark and he bi- di- basically did a tiktok where he did an arrangement of blink 182's damn it uh but made it sound like rancid and it's really really good uh yeah. but he- he didn't do the vocals for it. So it's like one of those TikTok things like, hey, you do the vocals for this song. Uh, and so somebody sent it to JT and he did it. And he does the first verse as Tim and the second verse as uh, Lars. Really, really good. Like his impersonation. <laughs> but just it's, it's he really uh, just knows he knows Rancid and he can do it. Yeah. JT has got JT has a mind where like he can just do voices like he can. He has the ear where he can reproduce voice. Yeah, and the video ends before like the chorus, which I was pretty bummed about. But JT did tell me that if if he if he had recorded that longer, where the chorus was included, that he was going to do the chorus part as Matt, which would have. Been I was going to say if he could do a Matt, that would be so killer. <laughs> so funny. You know who does a really good Matt is Tom Malnowski from the Fad and Bomb Music Industry. Because he just oh, can't nice. sing, so he just sings like that. He doesn't do it on purpose. It just sounds like Matt. I mean, that's probably Matt's reason for singing like that too, right? <laughs> and the reason they needed to get another singer. Um, 
I JT actually pointed this out to me. Uh, Lars is filling the the role of Jesse, which is I feel like that's kind of obvious, but I never thought about it that way. You mean in Rancid? Yeah. Yeah. Or Rancid that he's Rancid Jesse. He needed to have someone that was a little bit more melodic that they could kind of bounce off of one another. Um, and with uh, Raid, the two of them singing at the, like the way that Tim has made this tone that he sings in, it sounds a little strange. The 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 back and forth between the two of them, because I think you get a little bit more like throaty uh, with Tim's vocals in Operation Ivy, which is not a ton of it, but I I don't think it has this like the sound that he has now. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't. Wow, yeah. It's maybe it's just youth. Maybe now he that he knows how to sing properly because he's been a professional musician and producer for all this time. That he wants to sing that way, but I don't know. It's um, Tim's verse sounds a little strange. Like I think just because it goes up against Jesse's stuff. Like if that was his three verses, Jesse, I wouldn't have batted an eye at it. And I still like right. I love the song and I love Tim's verse on well that back and forth um with the verses kind of reminded me of the um life won't wait demos you did with vic where they're kind of trading off verses with each other and just kind of showing off their they're both fucked up way of singing (laughs) (laughs) man those songs where vic and tim are singing together i swear tim makes vic sound worse like vic is singing like tim on some of those songs (laughs) Maybe. I wonder, like, I have trouble not impersonating Vic when I sing along to Slackers. I wonder if Vic has a tough time not impersonating <laughs> Tim when he's hanging out with them. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's, called... <laughs> that's cultural appropriation. When I do it, it's fine. <laughs> All right. It's not as bad. Like, he's, he's, re- he's really like Joey Bag of Donuts over here. <laughs> After a couple of drinks, the, my, the Long Island accent and like Vic's accent are drastically different. It just sounds yes. the same to outsiders. I know they're different. Oh, I don't think so. I know they're different. Yeah. I'm a student of accents. That's uh, not true. You're a student of films. I, you know, I dropped out. I, did, I, do, I do different things. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, there can, you could do more than one thing. Thing. You can't be a student of more than one thing. Either pick science or pick English. I do. Uh, I really appreciated um, Esteban from Matamoska and Capite. His his take on the bad oper- uh, the bad optics, bad operation debate. Is he's like, there can be more than one bad op. Like, relax. Because everyone <laughs> got Twitter was so mad about like the closeness of the name, and I guess they they won because now it's Doom Regulator. And not bad. Optics. I hope they change it again. <laughs> there, can't, there can be more than one operation, but there can't be more than one bad op. Like, what is that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm glad they're making music. I think that's yeah. that's where I land on all of it. Like, I, who I do you think, who do you think's going to be future guests, other than Amy Interrupter, Travis? On Doom oh, yeah. Regulator stuff? Yes. I don't know if they have a guest. I mean, in songs. Oh. Like, I think Billy Joe Armstrong, like, all, like, potentially, like, obviously fake news aside, uh, 
like I think he's a likely person to be like, yo, I want to be in on this op Ivy shit. Let me in on a song. If they really want to double down on pissing off kids, have Dickie Barrett like do oh my god, consequential vocals like he does on Cash Culture Violence. <laughs> 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 Cash Culture in Violence. Need to be there. That's not bad, Matt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know I can do a dick. You need to audition for the position. <laughs> the next. Look, do you want you want to you want a guilt free dicky? Well, no, I guess you yeah. can't. <laughs> nope. That's the next uh, Doom regul the uh, the first Doom regulator song is going to be something called like the Jab or something like that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know if there's a need for guests on it. That's the thing. The focus of this whole thing is him and Jesse back together again. That what's I, really going to be added? I, by I, I understand that, but like, can I he resist think, the urge? I don't, he, I don't he think he loves guests. Tim does love a guest. Like it might not be Buju Banton, but like I I think that he I think that Billy Joe Armstrong's in the running. Um Travis. Honestly, Travis Barker, maybe I don't know. They've got a drummer that's sick. If, like if this is a true cash in, then then yes, there will be guests. If this is a legitimate we no, want to collaborate the two of us, then then they might they might edge that out. Yeah. I don't think that this is a true cash in. I think that that yeah. this happens to be a very profitable venture, but I don't doubt their sincerity in it or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. To be clear. They might keep it nice and tight, you know. They also might not release anything. Like if they get bullied out, out of like wanting to do this, they might just have this one song, this Hellcat uh, single series that this is a part of. They've already All released right. songs before that. There was an Interrupter song, and I forget what the other one is, but I think it's like a Northern Soul type band. Um, okay. Hmm. And uh, of all, the- yeah, they, they could just take their toys and go home, right? Yeah. If I mean, if people don't want it, the, the boss. The bus hooks broke up for obvious reasons, but they also got dragged so hard by that, like that long anthemic song that they did, and then the album finally coming out, and the the single of the 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 ballad. There's the George Floyd stuff. Ugh. But the, it it like it is about George Floyd, but it's also the extension of a Rod Stewart song. Nobody knew that because they're fucking oh. 16 years old and just like this is so insensitive for these white men to do. It kind of was. To have a song vaguely <laughs> about George Floyd and then just having multiple Ben cars skanking around Boston. Like, it just makes no sense. But that video got kiboshed. You can't find it on the internet anymore. And, like, the last straw was that, you know, they they wouldn't have been able to tour because um, Dickie refused to get the jab. He doesn't trust the government. Right. <laughs> and I don't trust the government either, but I don't trust to get medical advice, Dickie Barrett. <laughs> I, but just fuck, fuck them. Who cares? That's that's another thing about like rancid and even like the, the interrupters and Tim's involvement in other people's music. Like he doesn't seem to give a shit. He doesn't. He really doesn't. Ons. He never. He never really posts anything. He he wrote the press release for bad optics, which is now known as doom regulator. He wrote that <laughs> himself, it seems, but he never really makes statements of his own. Um, part of the reason why I love rancid 2000 is they did zero interviews for that record. They turned down interviews for that record. Cause they were like, going to speak for itself. 
And then they did a lot of interviews for Indestructible because there was a lot going on in in both Tim's and Lars's lives uh, that they needed to clarify before people um, heard that record or like for you know whatever people wanted to, what people wanted to know about that record. But then them saying nothing about that and just really having no public opinions about the criticism of any of this later rancid stuff, his involvement with the interrupters, like. I, I think that's respectable and you really can't respond to any of the hate because it's, it's, it would just go back and forth. If mm-hmm. he made a statement being like, you know, I didn't write, I didn't directly write songs for the interrupters. I just worked closely with these guys and they made their own sound. Like, yeah, he probably wrote songs for them, but I don't think he wrote, wrote everything. Even but. if Tim were to make a statement though, no one would understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> We have either of you met Tim Armstrong? Yes. No. I've seen him live. I have also. Yeah? Very like? when, did, when did you meet him, Jimmy Doyle? And what were the circumstances and what was he like to you? Rancid did like, I want to say six nights. It was either four or six uh, shows. Definitely at not five, though. No, definitely not five. Maybe it was four. <laughs> anyway, it's four nights in New York City at Urban. Do I, do I Urban hear seven? Club. Uh, that's too much. A week of rants is too much. Uh, they they played a place called Irving Plaza, which is a pretty mid-sized venue that a lot of punk shows are at. Rancid would play a larger venue if they were going to do one night in New York. Mm-hmm. They had different openers each night. Slackers played. I think Shearer Girl played one night. Uh, Murphy's Law definitely played one night. Um, the night that I went to was Bomb the Music Industry was opening for Mad Ball, who was direct support for Rancid. Which is such an lineup. Yeah. Uh, Damn. I asked for guest lists for that show. I'm going to try and not make this long-winded. I asked for guest lists for the show. Uh, either Jeff or John was like, you either have to bartend on stage or drive the van. <laughs> All right. Good. I'll, I'll drive the van. Uh, so I, I was sober at the show. Uh, the venue provided a little bit of beer for a bomb the music industry. So I personally went to a grocery store across the street and got them more beer and loaded up their fridge. And there were two large dressing rooms. Rancid didn't use either of them because they basically came in right before they went on stage. So Madball had one and bomb the music industry had the other room and somebody came out of the Madball room one of the largest human beings I've ever seen in my life. And he goes to walk up to the fridge and I get between him and the fridge. And I was like, this isn't venue beer. This is beer that we bought personally. And he just like politely moved me out of the way and took a beer. <laughs> <laughs> guys in the music industry were like, I can't believe you did that. Like you can't be a mess. And I was like, we bought that beer. That's bullshit. They're taking your beer. Yeah. Um, I see anyway. both sides. Yeah, so <laughs> the show starts. Bomb is Bomb Music Industry is playing on stage, and I'm standing in the wings watching. And I look to my right, and it's Tim Armstrong standing there. And uh, I was like, "God, Tim, I didn't, I don't, I don't nudge him or anything like that." He nudges me. I was wearing a T-shirt of the More Specials album cover, and he goes, nice. "Oh man, I love that record. It's like so weird, man." And I'm like. <laughs> and I showed him my arm. My forearm is the Operation Ivy, like, ska guy. And I, like, showed him that. 
and he just gave me the biggest hug. And I was like, oh, oh sweet. Amazing. And then we just, in silence, just watched Bomb the Music Industry together. <laughs> after the Damn, show. that's like perfect. So cool. That's like amazing. They had, Bomb had so many guests like in the band. Chris Candy flew out to like play that show because it was a big deal for them at the time. Just yeah, to for open- sure. But that was, mm, I think I saw them on this tour because they played two nights at Detroit, which they wouldn't have done like at a smaller venue than they normally play. But what year was this? Do you remember? I don't remember exactly. I did end up uh, the next time Bomb played at the same venue. They played the Slackers Holiday Show, and I did in fact bartend on stage and got and I stayed on stage for the Pie Taster set and the Slacker set. And I just kind nice. of behind. The, I was it like I wasn't front and center, but I was like in front of the amps during Bomb set, and I just like made a bar on the side of the stage, and. It's just the crowd just kept getting bigger and bigger. Like you just look and stage stage left. It's just this wild group of drunk people, like kind of half paying attention to the pie tasters and slackers play. Um, and someone brought Stizza on stage. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, there's a bar. There's, there's an open bar on stage," and he came up looking so confused, like, "I'm a rum and coke or whatever he wanted." <laughs> So I did. I did do both of those. <laughs> so anyway, I, that's, that's awesome. That's I so I met Tim. Uh, on, I believe in that on that same tour. I just looked it up. Uh, this was in two thousand and six. Does that sound plausible? Um, two thousand and six. I don't think so. It had to that you said okay, maybe not. Um. I mean, because that would that would have been eight, right? That would have been pretty early in Palm's career, I guess. Yeah, that tour that you're talking about was Brett Reed's last tour. Man, no, maybe that was. The I first- know. Well, so I I saw them in Detroit. I saw Rancid in Detroit, um, and the lineup on the night I was seeing them was the Planet Smashers on a one-off date. Yeah, and- but then that's not traveling that far i guess montreal is far but it, it's like eight hours but like yeah it's it was very cool because the planet smashers had not played in america in a little bit at that point um and actually wait no that's not true because <laughs> uh the other band was uh some friends of mine a local band soapbox paradox who hooked me up with the guest list i did not have all access so i didn't get to meet tim backstage uh, so all of this is inconsequential, except to say at the end of the show, um, Tim was just kind of standing in the door of their bus parked right outside the venue. And there was like a mob of people and he was just signing autographs. And me with my foresight, I brought the bottle of Garnier Fructis yes. <laughs> that I'd already had yes. skinhead Rob and Travis Barker autograph at a transplants thing that Tim was not at. Um, You're so brilliant, man. And it's, so like, I, I, I'm what's that? Is it a performance? He, no, they did a thing that was just like meet and greets for their second record, <laughs> like to promote their second record. They didn't even play a show. They were just fucking talking to people. So weird. It's really weird. Really weird. 
Uh, because I, I met them at a bowling alley in Detroit and then saw Streetlight Manifesto like a couple of blocks away that night. Like the transplants were not playing in town. Um, they, they did a record together. The two of them, Skinhead Rob and Travis Barker with Paul Wall did a I record. I know. I've heard it. It's dumb, but no, it actually, it goes pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. It goes kind of hard. But anyway, so I have this shampoo bottle that was signed by the other two transplants, but not Tim. And like, there's this mob of people around this, this door of this tour bus, all trying to get autographs. And like Tim's fucking, he's done now. But like, I got, I went and grabbed this shampoo bottle out of my car. I didn't have it on me the whole show, but like my car is parked around the corner. Uh, so like I went and grabbed it and like, I'm like, I'm going to get this signed. And like, he's, he's like done. And he's going back into the tour bus and like, I'm like, Tim, 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 I need you to sign this. I have the other two transplants to sign it. I'm like rambling, but like at the top of my uh -huh. lungs and like he stops uh -huh. and he turns around and like he looks and I'm fucking holding a shampoo bottle, which is unusual for anybody. Right. And he like takes, he like he takes it out of my hands and he, he takes a look at it. He kind of looks at it puzzled and smiles and uh -huh. signs it. Doesn't say shit hands it back to me and then goes into the bus and closes the door. <laughs> nice. Uh, but later at a different rancid show, actually before a different rancid show, uh, me and my friend were having uh, dinner around the corner from this venue. And Tim was just in there, just like hanging out with some other people, not with his band, just some random other people. Um, and I'm like, I got to go and like say something to him. And my buddy's like, yeah, go ahead. And so I'm like, hey, uh, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember me, but uh, last time you were in Detroit, I had you sign the shampoo bottle. And he goes, oh yeah, I remember. That was real funny. And like he was, he didn't <laughs> seem like he was amused at all. And uh, then I was like, hey, can I buy you a drink or something? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm with friends. I'm like, all right, have have a good show, man. <laughs> And like that, so that was like my actual interaction, and it wasn't any better than the first one. <laughs> no hugs for you, huh? <laughs> oh well. Get an op ivy tattoo. <laughs> True. This is a good icebreaker just to be like, hey, check this out. Look, um, I feel like now that I'm kind of like buds with the interrupters, I could have a much better conversation with him. Oh yeah. I'm in now. Asking <laughs> you could buy someone a soft drink, but asking Tim Armstrong to buy him a drink is a it's a very uneducated statement. Yeah, part that's fine. Oh, he's sober. Yeah, Matt yeah. Uh, yes. considered rancid a side project until until Tim like promised he would be sober, basically. Huh. And uh, fair enough. Part of the stipulation of Lars joining the band is that he couldn't drink anymore because he was like a legendary fucking party animal when he was with UK Subs. And part of the reason he was no longer in UK so uh. I think it's a more lesser known thing about Rancid is that for the most part they don't they don't drink. They make party in other yeah, ways. I just I mean, I just don't think I knew that. Not that I like I would, because I'm not much of a I'm not much of a rancid trivia head, but I, I yeah, I don't think I knew that they didn't drink. I'm already starting to feel like uh bad optics or Doom regulator are are playing an elaborate prank on the public somehow. I don't know exactly what the punchline's going to be to them, but I don't know. I it feels I like we're part of the setup. Yeah, I know. I hope <laughs> it's genuine. I hope that they actually like do stuff. Like I don't. I know people that know Jesse Michaels very well. I do not know him very well. I've met him 
multiple times. Um, and from what I understand, he hates to tour mm -hmm. uh, because who in their right minds would like touring, especially when, you know, he's not really in like a um, a pampered level of celebrity. Right. right. People get psyched to see him do stuff, but it's I, cushier you know, than I can tour, but not cushier than people his age ought to be touring. Yeah. Um, like yeah. even with, um, classics of love, they didn't play a ton of shows. They played locally a lot, I think in the Bay area. Um, but they only came to New York once. Um, I, I didn't even see them when they played in New York cause it was on St. Patrick's day and I was a bartender for 20 years. So that's a work day for me. Um, yeah. but I did get to see them at the church in Philadelphia with Mike Park. Um, and yeah, the, the, the short interactions I have had with Jesse Michaels, like has been very telling of like, well, if this thing doesn't pop off right away, then it's probably just going to go away. Um, right he's going to really need a reason to want to get out on the road. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them play something like punk rock bowling, maybe riot fest. I, I really thought that operation Ivy was going to be playing this last riot fest. Just didn't happen just because of the timing yeah. of that mm -hmm. house party that, um, Tim, yeah. it was like Tim's house this, this last summer or like the last year or so they did these like fundraising parties. And yeah. they had like the interrupters and they had some specials and they had all kinds of fucking people. Yeah. They just did these like star studded for the ska scene. Um, yeah. Parties and fundraisers or something. But the timing of the one, the Operation Ivy one was pretty close to, you know, where you would expect a major headliner to be announced for something like Riot Fest. And it just didn't happen. Um, yeah. I was really bummed. I really I thought. Do you think that maybe th this comes from them talking about a reunion and this is like the fallback position? This is what they are more comfortable with? Yeah, I think it's probably a compromise of sorts. Like if they weren't going to be able to do the real thing, which I would love for to see them do something with those actual four guys, but I see it. I don't see it happening with Dave Mello. And if yeah. you're not going to have all four of them, then someone that might not be as interested Matt Freeman, because I, I mean, he he seems over a lot of things. Like he's he's done a lot more away from Rancid um, than you might think. Like he played with Social Distortion for a while. Um, he has his own bands, like two separate bands that he's done records with. Um, and I think he seems. I don't know. He. I'm also thinking of like my own bass player, Danny Spella from the Fad. Like to. He's gotten he's just gotten over things. He you know, he's matured and been like, okay, I'm you know, I'm not 25 anymore. I don't need to act like I'm 25 or rehash these things. And he's 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 tried to to quit the band and be like, you guys just play with somebody else. And we're like, we're not gonna do it without you. Like, so we're just not gonna do it. Right. And I think that, that might be where I'm injecting my own experience into this whole operation. I mean, that, that totally that, makes sense though. That seems totally plausible to me. Uh and also I've seen in interviews, I think it was Jesse that has said this, but maybe it was Tim. I read a couple of interviews just of them talking about Op Ivy like years past. Uh, one of them mentioned like Op Ivy is not a band that can work in like a 1500 cap theater or club or whatever. 
Like that was never yeah. what this band was supposed to be. You're supposed to see them in basements and we, it's not possible for us to be that band now. Yeah. So like you can't see Operation Ivy as the way it was intended. It's just not an option. So no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would love to see it, a true Operation Ivy reunion, and I would even accept it if it was a different drummer, Travis. Um, <laughs> be awesome to see them. But if even if the three principles of Operation Ivy, if if one of them is doesn't have their heart in it, then why even bother? Which is why I'm cool right. with new band and whatever they're going to do. And it's also new songs. Like, it would be great to hear them play them, but like the, the tour, the multi-date small club tour that was Brett Reed's last tour with uh, Rancid, that, that I think was the first time that Rancid was playing Operation Ivy songs and Lars would do the Jesse parts. They only did a couple, um, but th- that was a, cool experience like i've heard these songs played by so many different people it's it's it'd be great and all for the to play these songs but to have new songs from the yeah. two principles that you really give a shit about in this project and by not having matt in it it opens it up for like if they were to play different styles it's not just gonna sound like rancid with jesse singing because you know matt has a very distinct style of bass playing which is yeah. A big part of Operation Ivy, but it's also become a big part of Rancid. So now to have these yeah. new songs that don't necessarily have to fit the mold of either of those bands, um, I'm in I'm intrigued to see what's gonna happen of this. And also I was really excited to hear you know, to It seems like they're managing expectations with the with the name of it too. You know, like if they were op Ivy, there'd be a certain set of expectations. And here they're just like, you know. Meet, I, meet us on our level find us where we are you know i didn't think it was tongue-in-cheek by calling it bad optics um but putting the op in it like raised a lot of awareness of what this thing actually was yeah. uh you, you you know you obviously you look at the the lineup in the announcement of it and you're like holy shit it's tim and jesse from operation ivy and there's this op that's in there and it kind of i don't know it yeah light bulb over my but now that they've changed the name less than a week after debuting the band to the world, and that's confusing. Um, and I think it's even like like we, we kind of touched on it before that um, seeing a band called Doom Regulator and then hearing Raid, it's, I don't know, it's like uh, drinking orange juice when you think it's milk. But you know, I like orange juice. I like the orange. Yeah, juice. it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't match the sound, does it? <laughs> I mean, maybe the maybe it fits the rest of it as a whole. If there is kind of like, yeah, there's no way it's going to be cohesive. Where it's not going to, it's like it's not going to be all trad reggae. We know that there's going to be punk stuff that's added to it. Sure. Um, but some of that stuff fits Doom well. Regulator. Doom operator. Operator. Doom uh, regulator. <laughs> Is it a reference to something? Doom Operation. I thought that was uh, that was. What if they just named it Doom Time Records? (laughs) Now you're onto something. Mm. Uh, I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Doom Regulator. The fact that they changed the name from Bad Optics 
is is actually kind of funny though. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a little on the nose. Like, this is not being well. <laughs> <laughs> Has bad optics to it. So now we're just. <laughs> Why'd you guys change your name? Uh, bad optics, huh? Doom regulator. Doom regulator. That really threw a wrench in. That really threw a wrench into the works of this conversation. Changing it's, their. You can't fuck us up right before we hit record. All right. Sneaky motherfuckers. <laughs> um, it's really. I'm glad we at least noticed it before. Like we we God, this could, this would have really screwed it up. They like it, yeah, this would have come out like in a week, and they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Who's bad optics? I don't never heard of them. <laughs> you mean um, I, bad I would, operation? Yeah, I would like to plug a new thing that I'm doing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm playing in a trio with Kenneth Partridge, who wrote "Hell of a Hat," the story of like Scott, yeah. a former guest of the show. We love him. Yeah. Uh, and our friend Jeff uh, is playing drums in it. And we're calling it Be Decent, which uh, was a reference to the um, the Fred Armiston like fake punk band from his SNL sketch. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a great sketch. The guy says something about I think he calls uh, Margaret Thatcher a cunt when they're on a talk show. <laughs> I play decent. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's it's been cool it's uh I, I was actually working on the demo of it today it's somewhere between like the jam and the specials there's a little like boston's influence and some stuff um there's okay. a song that is currently and titled it's just a three-piece right now it's just a three-piece um if anyone's out there yeah <laughs> to, like keyboards on it uh, <laughs> new york locals sorry matt I'm, I was not raising my hand. I I, I, I know what's involved. I may, <laughs> I may ask you at some point to play keyboards for this. Yeah. Formally, I've, I've put I've given you keyboards before. I'm but it's cool. of it now. I don't need your band, right? I'm stoked about it. There's like there's a lot of Costello influence to it, which I took a lot of cool. Costello and like basically everything Stiff Records for doing Going Gray. Um, so this is kind of an extension of that. And then when we play. Live, we will also be playing some of my solo songs, so we're gonna try nice. and hit the ground running. I haven't really posted anything about it yet because um, cool. working on the demo. But you heard it here first. Hell yeah! Nice. Keep your eyes peeled. And I'm always doing solo songs. Um, there's a a tribute comp series ongoing called Rudy Reboots. This dude Andrew has been uh, organizing, and myself and uh, Sean McCabe from Rocky Sullivan's ID have been contributing to a lot of them. The next one is going to be show tunes and I'm doing a, I tried to make it sound like operation Ivy, but it now sounds like an Oingo Boingo Scott song, but it's <laughs> hot patootie from Rocky horror picture show. Ooh. Oh, cool. A meatloaf song from it. Um, and I'm also playing with Rocky Sullivan's ID. Nice. We have an album coming out at some point this year, like, a, and it it just sounds like an ASOB record. I'm really stoked on it. Um, <laughs> working on I mean, it they, they are kind of like, I don't I don't know if Sean's deliberately trying to do this, but like he's really 100%. hitting he's really hitting some of that some of those notes, some of yeah. those ASOB BTMI notes. I mean, you'll you have to hear it. You'll hear it, and you'll be like, oh, this just sounds like an ASOB record, which is fucking cool. 
Well, thank you for letting me plug my random shit. Thank you for coming on to do some hot takes. And breaking news. Breaking news. Dude. Name change. We, we could not have even for- talked about this without you, Jimmy. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. We should do we should do more uh just like, yo, let's let's get some hot takes. Yep. This is fun. Conversations with Jimmy, right? <laughs> oh, me? It's, I mean, I, I'm I come on the podcast. Oh, me? I'll come on the podcast whenever you guys ask. I was actually really stoked about this because I'm like, oh, it's like I'm doing the real thing now. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, theme song, it's not. We're taking them out of the basement. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever this was, thank you for joining us. Jimmy Doyle, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Me, I'm Matt Wixon. I appreciate you guys. I'm JJ Lloyd. Thank you for joining us to talk about bad optics or uh, moon invaders. What the hell is this band called? Doom Doom Regulator. Doom Regulator. (laughs) Your new favorite band. Number one in your hearts. Top of the charts. Doom Regulator. Tell everybody (laughs) about them. I'm Doom. Mountain Dew, put this in a commercial tomorrow. Mountain Doom regulators. Go listen to them. Uh, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, whatever this was, <laughs> I'm glad that we did this. Thank you guys for, for just agreeing to come and just chat about a new song. Awesome. Lots to talk about, but yeah, thanks.